Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yes, we've got an absolute legend on the show. Been desperate to get him on. It's the dawn of Dunfermline, Jim Leishman. How are you, Mr. Leishman? Ah, great, Simon. You know, obviously, it's, it's a strange time in everybody's lives, but we're just getting on with it. I must say, i seen a picture of you the other day. I don't know if you've seen it doing the rounds, but what a handsome young man you are, eh? You better believe that. Don Juan. <laughs> Don Juan. That was George Muller, my manager. He, he used to call me Don Juan every Saturday. Where are you going the night, Don Juan? Who are you with the night, Don Juan? You know, oh, yeah. And all my pals just they wanted, they, they wanted to pal about with me, you know what I mean? I was a big fish, and then they got all the wee minnows that I left too. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. How did you spend any time playing football? You must have been playing kissy, kissy, catchy all day. No, no, I just stood, I just stood there, Simon. They caught me. You didn't <laughs> run for brawling birds at that age. Oh, brilliant. Uh, right, we'll talk about the playing career to start with, Jim. Now tell us, have you scored at Ibrox? I don't know who told you that, Simon, but one of the proudest nights of my life. Think about it, I was still a teenager, eh? And it was the 60s when they had a really, really good score of players. Bert Payton, actually, in 1969, scored the goal. and We were really struggling for uh, to avoid relegation. They drew with Clyde on the Saturday. They scored on the Saturday 2-2 and then the Ibrox. I think it was two weeks before Rangers went to... Barcelona to play Moscow Dynamo and John Gregg was the only player for that team wasn't playing he was recovering for a wee injury eh? so he didn't play but the rest of them all the big team played and I scored the fourth goal eh? we won 4-3 eight the first minute governing just outside the box left fat <laughs> no that I can I can't mind much about it sorry, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but your dad was a big Rangers man wasn't he he was a Rangers man I my father eh? but he supported me Simon he was, he was my he was my mentor. He was a great guy, my father, eh? A cool man, a hard right. man, socket man, but fully encouragement for me and my two brothers and my sister, eh? He says, what, you can achieve that. What was his advice going when you went to the game, Jim? <laughs> that was great. Uh, unbelievable. No, that was a different game, Simon, eh? Oh, was it? Game, that, that, that was a game when he... Uh, two things he said to me, eh? Derek Parling had scored two hat-tricks two weeks before. And I was going to be Martin Derek Parlin, and uh, my dad was reading this in the paper. And I was just going out, uh, no cars or that time, I was going out to get the, a, a double decker, a blind raid on the family bus to go and play against Rangers. Can you believe it? Wow. 
just before, that was true, half a crown return, you got the bus there and back. And uh, my dad says to me, James, the most motivational thing I've ever heard in my life, James, Derek Parlin, I'll never, he could never be as good a son to me as you've been. Go there. And I'm telling the truth, Derek Parlin got 10 off at half time, black and blue. Did you boot him, eh? Eh? Did you boot him? Aye, and the warm up. Going <laughs> <laughs> doing the steps. I think I was in the dressing room sitting, sitting beside him in his dressing room, eh? But then, but, uh, the very first time uh, playing against uh, uh, Rangers, Simon, excuse my language, but true, eh? My dad was winding me up, and as I say, I was outside at the bus stop, and he shouted, James, open the council house for Gelly, open the window, James, and I knew he was going to the game. I said, I better go see Tour at my father, eh? So he's sitting in his big chair, and he's having a cigarette, and uh, I went, there, Dad, I'm away to the game, I'm away to play against your team today, the mighty Glasgow Rangers, well, he stood up in the blue, took a, 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 and held his cigarette, blew the reek in my face, and he said to me, I hope you get fucked. <laughs> Sorry for swearing, but that was my encouragement. You can swear, you can swear. Ah, but no, I, no, I'm the provost. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say, Lord Provost, man. Like, I was going to wear a call on tie today because you're the Lord Provost, but I need it for court tomorrow. Nah, it's, uh, it's uh, one of the biggest honours ever, Simon, eh, for a, a miners boy. Wow. You get elected by the people, first and foremost, and then all the councillors voting for you. Too. And I, got, I was the first to get re-elected, Simon, but it's made it special for me. Eh? How, did that come How did it come about you getting the Lord Provost? You, uh, you want the truth? Yeah. I'm sitting in the house. I'm sitting in the house. And the phone rang. I picked up the phone. And it, this rough voice, Jim. Oh, Gordon here, right? I said, Gordon who? Uh, and it was Gordon, the Rethrover supporter, right? the former Prime Minister. He's on the phone to me. Jim, do you fancy being, do you fancy being a, a, a councillor for Dunfermline Central? I said, oh, Gordon, I've never done that. I've not done the point. No, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. I said, no, Gordon, I'm no fuss, I'm no fuss. He said, I'll phone you next week, think about it. And that's true. If you hadn't phoned me back, Simon, right? If you hadn't phoned me back, I would never have took the step. So he phoned me back, went down to his house in Queen's Ferry, a slice of toast, cup of, cup of tea, and uh, I said, right, Gordon, I'll, I'll be it. I'll, I'll knock the doors, I'll do my canvassing, and uh, if I get elected, fine. But if I didn't like it, I'm out. As quick as I go in, if I get elected, I'll be out, because if I didn't enjoy it, what's the point? And then it was announced in the papers the next day, Simon A., and my pal, one of my pals, uh, who, Kelly Hearts, uh, right? Now I'd been, a, I was uh, their first manager right. uh, when, they were, when they went junior. And uh, he phoned me up, he says, he says, Leach. I says, hi, Ian. He says, have you got a canvas manager? I says, what do you mean? He says, for your campaign. You have to plan it out in a canvas. I says, no, I've not. I'll do it. I says, have you done it before? He says, no, but we'll get through it, I'll help you. So we picked his up the next night at Sector Club, true story. Ian Thompson's his name. And he's got a, a big rosette vote wishman, eh? He says, right, I've got the roots. And two, he goes up the street, parks the car, knocks on the door. That's wee wifey comes to the door. He jumps in front of me, starts singing. I like peaches, I like cream. Big Jim's the leader of your team. I'm standing behind him and say, no chance. No, that, they didn't do that. That's not what they did. She says, oh, 
you're the fat boy boy. I says, I'm mum. It's an old age pension. She said, oh, you did a great job with that football team. You're going to vote. There are 40 in this house and we're all voting for you. Good luck. She shut the door. I'm like, I can't believe this. And he says, right, we'll zigzag up the street. I said, well, go up and come down. No, zigzag. We've got to let them see you come in. Sitting door. My wifey comes out again, old wifey. He jumps in front of me again. Away he goes singing again. Big Jim's the leader. team. She says, oh, can your mum and dad, son? Hard-working people. If you like them, you'll do it for us. There's three years, we're all voting for you. Two doors, Stephen votes for something. This is a door. They've never asked me a question about politics or nothing. I said, this is brilliant. <laughs> so I said, right, I'll have a go. I've got the song. I'll have, this is a true story, son. I'll, I'll do the third door. Knocks the door and says, Denny. Denny, do it, man. Denny, no, I, I, no, Denny, go away. I says, no, I've got Stephen votes all day. He says, Denny, I says, why no? The first two were my aunties. <laughs> He <laughs> set me up for his two aunties, eh? I couldn't believe this. It was, it was oh, brilliant. Funny, man. brilliant, eh? And that was my introduction. And I got, I got, I did all the canvas and stuff. I got, I got elected on the Friday. Two weeks later, at the first few council meeting, eh, I got, they, they, they had a vote, third item on the agenda, election of the provost, and I got, eh, I, I got elected as a provost, eh? Amazing. Any of you perks of the job that you can tell us about? Oh, loads. You get picked up in the morning sometimes and taking uh, him at night if you're at a function. So you can have a wee glass of wine at the function. Just a wee glass. But no, I've, uh, really, it's an honour for me, Simon, eh, to be honest. I'm being serious. It's uh, Fife's the third biggest. You've got Glasgow and Edinburgh, and then you've got Fife. Uh, we're the biggest area-wise, but population is... So to get elected, I'll be 10 years, two years from now, 10 years... Uh, is the province of the kingdom. Remember, say the kingdom, Simon. The kingdom. So you're basically in charge of Dick Campbell as well, aren't you? You're basically oh, I, 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 he's to report to me. <laughs> I'll tell you something though, Jim. He did say you were some player, but, and he was also there the night that the incident with Jim Jeffries that led to your severe injury as well. And well, here's, his words, here's his words for you before you tell the story. Dick Campbell's words is, it was such a bad injury, I had to put a shin guard to ease the pain in his mouth. And now when I listen to his poetry pish, I wish, I wish I'd kept the shin garden. <laughs> that's, that's true. He says it all the time about me. Eh? <laughs> See, you, poet is, uh, you know, you, uh, to be a poet, right, you've got to have uh, brains to write this stuff. You know, romantic poems and, and humorous poems and, uh, and people, people die in that. People ask me to write a poem about the person. That, and and that, that can you read and write. <laughs> <laughs> we was playing that night. Dick and I were double centre halves. Eh? I did a lot of running about and tackling, and Dick passed it back to the goalie. Eh? And his dick had go that stopped. He did not pass it back to the goalie, it stopped because that's all he did. And he was going to say, Money is me. I said, Disgrace that. Disgrace. Never worth as much as me. Was it Jim Jeffries that smashed you, Jim? Aye. Aye. You, you know, that night, what I remember, it was the old, the old league copy, and it was home and away, and we beat. Hearts the week before, on the Wednesday before we beat Hearts at Tancastle 3-2. And uh, a legend winger, Jackie Sinclair, who was his last season come back for down south. And he played, he played for Dunfermline uh, and he went to uh, the first cup, played the, won the first cup with Newcastle. And I was right back, and he, or right midfield, and he was right. He scored a hat-trick that day. And then on the, the following week, George Muller, Donald Ford was playing for a... Uh, for Hearts, and it was in 1974, the World Cup team, he was a, he was a striker in the World Cup squad, eh? 
and George Muller, you know, Jim, if Donald goes off the park for a toilet, you go off and wipe his bum. You get that type of thing. You get that sort of closure they get. And uh, I was playing. I, I was. I was doing. It was a good time in my career. I was playing really well, and and progress. And then fifty. Well, it was maybe sixty forty eh, in Jim Jeffrey's favour. And I just went, and he, he came down, and that was it. Compound fracture. Seventeen months. I was out for seventeen months. Son. Wow. No chance of coming back. No chance. And did he not send you a bowl of fruit in the hospital? Aye, aye. Him and who else come with him? Drew Busby. Him and Drew Busby come in. I thought it was, a, I thought it was a Thursday, eh? It was a, the accident was a Wednesday night. I thought it was Thursday the next day. And it was a Friday. I was out for a whole day and he come in with a, and it was rotten fruit, eh? I could go to the front desk, eh? <laughs> Miserable, man. <laughs> Miserable. A bowl of rotten fruit. <laughs> if I could, if I could I was in a false stooky, eh? If I could do it the better, I'd wrapped him right in the chin. <laughs> I would have whapped him, eh? Uh, right, Jim, just on to the management. As you see, at 29, uh, yeah. you the club at that time. What was it, youthful energy, enthusiasm? Was that the factors in turning the, in turning the club around? Just, just, a, just a great manager, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen. You know, I remember saying to myself, Right, we were 26, 26 uh, part-time players. And when I took over, there were 38 teams in the league, I took over, uh, and I went in my first team talk, right, I addressed to the players, as I say, some of them were older than me, some were 30, 32, 34. And I said, they've been getting hammered every week, negative, negative. And I said, I'm going to try and be a wee bit more positive and talk about the good times that done for what, what we've achieved here. Because previous managers had took the photos doing A, A, Jockstein, all the 61, 65, 68 teams, the great teams done for had. And this is, I walked in and they all goes quiet. My first, my first sentence. Right, lads, we're 34th top. <laughs> <laughs> Is that no? Is that no a great way? We're fourth bottom. Is that not a great way? He's saying, "Hey lads, he's a crap." Eh? And a nice way. Thirty fourth, come on. Uh, right, so it's a pub team. No wonder we're a pub team. So how did you change it then? I just I got rid of eleven players. I was thirty fourth, and by the end of the season we were thirty third. And I say to myself, if they didn't go, I'll get put out. They'll not put up with their performances. I've got already 11 players. You know, Happy-go-lucky, jovial Jim, right? There was a, there was a hard side, eh? Yeah. And they get to me. Then I brought boys like John Watson in. Big John Watson. Uh, Ian Westwater, the goalie. Yeah. And uh, uh, Big McCarthy, I made McCarthy a defender. He was a, a, a left midfielder, a tackling midfielder. I brought in Big Davy Young. Davy scored the first two goals in the Premier League. Uh, made him and him and McCarthy uh, double centre halves. Made uh, an old Jockstein thing, eh? Jockstein. Uh, when he went to Dunfermline, he had Willie Callaghan was a right a right winger, and John Lund was a, a John Lund, Callaghan and Lund who was a left winger, eh? So he, he pulled John Lund back to left back and Willie Callaghan back to right back. Two attacking fullbacks. John Lund was a really really underestimated player, yeah. and they became. The Callaghan Lund, Callaghan Lund every week. And I, I put Bobby Forrest for left winger to left back. 
so my, and Bobby Robertson, that was my, I got a steady back four, brought in great wee players, wee Gary Thompson. Right. And sadly, he got killed, uh, uh, fell, fell down on the scaffold. Uh, about Davy Moyes, no, no Davy Moyes, Man United, Davy Moyes, the brickie. Right, right. Probably, better, probably better than Davy Moyes at Man United. They were, they're great for me, Simon. 1,500 quid. Signed up for Terry Christie. And uh, uh, I just I just got good players. Eh? Good managers. Uh, it's all about good players. If you get good players, they make you a good manager, Simon. Make no mistake about that. See, because you were so young, Jim. Was there, any, was there any older managers that were helping you? Again, advice? Was Alex Ferguson though, quite big for you as well? well? Alex Ferguson was on the phone if I wanted him. Uh, Jim McLean was brilliant with me. Jim McLean, because I was near a danger to them, Simon. You know, Alec Ferguson at that time was in Aberdeen. Jim McLean was having a great squad, you know, the European days at Paradise. So I wasn't a threat to the guys because we were in the old second division. Yeah. We were doing there. We were, no, we were no trying to take points off them to win their leagues and that. So Jim, I would phone Jim McLean and get rid of him, get rid of him. Yeah, no, get him, get him. If he's not got a idea, get him out. What was, the best, what was the best bit of advice they gave you? That one of them gave you as a young manager? Uh, tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell them how right. you feel. Uh-huh. You know I mean, Simon, you're not playing the day. Uh, because you're not producing it. You can uh-huh. do it, but you're not doing it. So I'm leaving you. That was the worst. And that was one of my mistakes I made early on in experience was uh, trying to tell the players on the day of the game. Because no matter, you, you know the score, Simon, if I'm telling you you're not playing today, you want to know why you're saying how you, and you're going to disagree. Yeah. And, and I've got to explain all that and it takes your mind off the game. Eh? So I stopped that. I stopped doing that with advice. Uh, I think it was Alex Smith that said that, Jim. That's for a training night. Yeah. If they want to speak to you, let them stay back after training. He'd arrived at the leagues, Jim. He obviously got to the top division. Were you part-time for, for a large period of that? We... We were part-time until we got promotion to the Premier League. We were, no, I'm telling a lie, we were semi-part-time. Boys like, say, Ian McCall, no, uh, Ian McCall, John Watson, I think Stevie Morrison, about half a dozen players were, were full-time, only getting something like 75 quid a week. It wasn't a big wage, they were, because they didn't have jobs, they wanted to come in. And then when we got promotion to the Premier League, uh, all the directors and all the players uh, we went across to Spain uh, Magaluf and uh, we negotiated deals to get them full time but again that's, that was that was a fun you know I can ask 29 Simon my first year full year we finished third we finished third top my first full year right. the next year we won the championship the next year we got promotion to the Premier League for the first time so I was only 34, eh? So I'd, I had a, I'd won a promotion with Dunfermline as a player, 1972, and then another three promotions, and I was only 34. And wow. I made my first mistake then. What was it? I, I kept the same team that got promotion. I gave them all a chance. They're not good enough now. I, I, I should have realised that. that I, I would have spoke to them and said, look, I'm not keeping you on. This is what I should have said and I thought about it. I'm not keeping you on. You're finished here as an achiever. You've went up the two divisions. You've done brilliant, but I'm going to sign someday, and <clears throat> and you'll know you'll know we get a game. 
I should have been honest then and said to them, you know, but I gave them all. And uh, when we got relegated, right? And then we won the promotion again and I didn't make the same mistake. Simon, so back okay. the day, would you ever get in like, an argument with players in the dressing room? Oh, no. You're joking. You're joking me. What's the one, what's the one, that, that, what's the one that stands out? The two. We're going for promotion. We're at Meadowbank, right? We're playing beautiful weather. Now, instead of my blazer and flannels on, collar and tie, I'm going to go to the shorts on, eh? And we're getting beat two and a half time. I'm like that. And one of the players, should be there, it was right. Should be there. He says, ah, look, look, you're asking us to switch on, and you've come all the, the casual gear and all this, sworn in the boot. And I lost the plot, and the two are lying on the flare, eh? Lying on the flare, putting in job, me. <laughs> and I'm seeing your son, I look, you talking, man. <laughs> what does it get you? Nothing, eh? Nothing. So we're all pulling us away, man. And anyway, we got beat. The second one, scary. We're playing St. Martin. <laughs> I'd signed Duke Rugby, right, for uh, uh, an English day. I can't remember what team, but he'd come up, signed up for a year, big Duke. Even Rose assistant, right? So <clears throat> we're getting beat one nothing. Comes in. I was, I was banned to the stand, right? So I'm coming down to the dressing room, and big Duke Rugby is going to stiffen Ian Monroe. Because Ian Monroe had said something, right? So I've got to come in between them, eh? No kidding, he's got his shirt off. A rip away. And I've got my horns in his neck. And I'm trying to pull him down. Pull him down. But no, he's just <laughs> a colossus, man. He's huge. And muscles, see? Get doing, sit down. Get doing. Get doing. I couldn't get him down. And somebody started tying their lace. And I said, right, you. Stop tying your lace when I'm having an argument and pay attention, eh? And nobody started laughing. Big dude, rugby. Oh. Not very often, Simon. Not very often did I lose the head at the players because I'm talking about in the dressing room. That wasn't in my style, eh? No. That wasn't in my style. They knew if I lost the head, that was for a reason, eh? Even just talking to you, you can tell your love for Dan Fairman and that's shown when. You were moved for the job in 1990. 4,000 fans protest against the decision. Uh, Why have you moved on for the job? That was a, that was, that was a crazy time. The, the board got that wrong, Simon, with no talking to me before. Right? And it was obvious Edmund Rowe wanted the job and he had made a couple of pounds on the board and whatever. And, and no, I, I thought about it. They offered me the managing director's job or whatever. I was only, well, I was only 40 years old, eh? I was hardly, no, even that. You know, I said, no. And uh, I turned it down and I went and, and did other things, Simon. So, no, it wasn't for me. My first full season, we had 22,000 fans paying eight quid a week. Again, 22,000 for the full year. That was cup games and everything, eh? When I, when I left, uh, we were the fourth highest supported team in Scotland. I've got, I've got a third here, Jim. Third highest third, team. Third, uh, we're the third highest team, paying 12 quid. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I gave them something to be proud of, Simon. Eh? I've just finished reading the Bong Shankly, eh? the, the Bong Shankly uh, stuff. And you know, it was the same. I'm not, I'm not comparing myself to Bong Shankly. I didn't get this. That'd be stupid. 
and Mr. Steen Neboys are legends, but it was the same. I gave the people something to be proud of. Yeah? They were proud Gordon, of the people. I spoke to Gordon Smart, and obviously your daughter's married to Gordon Smart. Yeah. And she was saying at that time there was like fans outside your house and all that wanting you to come back. Aye. The press. See, Simon, that's where I was clever, eh, with the press. The press were outside the house wanting photos and that, eh? And I'm saying, I'm not a criminal or whatever, you know. So I went out and said, look, come in for a cup of tea, eh? So Mary would put the, the, the tea and a couple of biscuits on. So the boys would sit in and say, right, get a photo, lads, and do that and we'll have a chat. But it was uh, uh, during that time, Simon, in the November, when it was all going on, I got £5,000 pay rise in the November. So I was supposed to be, uh, 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 what was it they said? Uh, we're wanting somebody with a European experience. No, it, was a, it was a carry on, Simon. Eh? Carry on. Do you know, tell them that you go to Magaluf every year? Is that no European experience? Yeah, that's the best European experience of my life. <laughs> Dick Campbell. Uh, Dick Campbell, we're going to talk about Dick. Just some of your best, funniest memories of uh, time shared with Dick. See, right, here's the story, right? First time ever telling us, and it's a true story. Right. Dick and I jumped about together, right? At the dancing. But we wouldn't go in. Graham Shaw. Graham Shaw played with Tom Fernan, Hearts, Arbroath, and that was a bit, he, right, but he was a teammate of Tom Fernan, Big Totty Shaw, and Pink, right? Dick's brother Ian. They would go to the dancing, right? And we'd be chatting the birds up, buying them drink, whatever. Dick and I would come up half an hour to go, ask him to dance, and we'd get fixed on. Never cost us a penny. And Dick <laughs> and Totty Shaw were looking like that. That's the way to do it, Simon, right? That's the way to do it. And that's what we did. You're no daft, man. You're no daft, eh? Looks and everything told me, Anna, you can do as much money as you like, but you need to be good looking, don't you? Correct. And that's why Dick bothered with me. I told you earlier on, there was always two, and Dick got the one that I, obviously. <laughs> right, you deserved an MBE for manager Livingston. Uh, you took them for Meadow Bank Thistle. What's your memories of that and any odd experiences? I tell you, I was, I was Meadow Bank Thistle manager for two months. I'm the last Meadow Bank Thistle manager. Right, the best manager at Meadowbank Thistle we've ever had, Terry Christie. He did a great job, Simon. But I got them for two months. <clears throat> and uh, uh, my, my first game was Dumbarton at, at Meadowbank. And Murdo McLeod was the manager at Dumbarton. He got them promotion that year. They're going for mo promotion and we're, we're trying to avoid relegation in Meadowbank. So I walk out and the scars, the, the amber or the yellow and black scarf are all waiting. I'm, I'm clapping on eh? I forgot Dumbarton had the same colours. It was the Dumbarton fans. I'm clapping there like a... What are you doing, man? What are you doing? And then, I think it was my second game. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a team talk, eh? I'm doing a team talk. Team, team. With the following uh, card registration, XYZ342, please report to the card park. You're blocking the passage. And I'm doing my team talk. I'm saying myself. Let's That's get out of here. But Livingston was brilliant, Simon. Livingston was brilliant. So you must have been delighted, Jim, where you took them for Meadowbank Thistle and then you're getting them promoted to the Premier League. Did you ever think that was possible when you first, first went in there? That was a dream. Hard work, Simon. A lot of yeah. good people. Davy Hay, Davy Hay, we John Robertson are in Preston. A lot of good players. And I'd learned, I learned from Dunfermline that... You, I couldn't go up with second division players, first division players, and that's when that's when I, uh, I signed Marvin Andrews 
Stephen Tosh, Javier Broto, the goalie. Oh, what a keeper he was, Broto. He was superb. Did you go, was it Celtic with you, Simon? Uh, I was a kid when he was Celtic, so was Fernandez as well. No, I signed David Fernandez. I went to see uh, Airdrie play Dundee United in the Cup up at uh, Tannadice. I'm sitting in the stand and I, was, I, was, I went up to watch Broto, right? Uh, Javier Broto. Mm-hmm. And he was doing great. And this wee boy kept getting the ball and going one-on-one, eh? And he, twice he missed. Twice he missed, just one-on-one with the goal. He missed that. But I said, what a talented wee boy, eh? And uh, he got sent off. And I went back and I said, right, to Dominic. I said, Dominic, I'm telling you, we've got to get Fernandes and Bro. As soon as we get a chance, we'll get the two of them. And we got them, eh, on a Friday night, the transfer window. We got them. See, we've had them on the show. I love him. What a character. Marvin Andrews. Hey. Did he did bring the pastor over at your house or something? Is that true? Well, I'll tell you. Pastor Joe. <laughs> pastor Joe. The Vine <laughs> Church. No, the Vine Church. I'm telling you. Zion Praise. And Pastor Joe, you had all the, you know, he's like these the American dudes, right? You can with the, the purple suits and all this. And again, he's the, he's the minister, the pastor. Marvin did well with us. We finished third top in the league. Yeah, third top, uh, and uh, all the boys so we want to sign uh, the ones that want to sign we want to sign them back on and uh, I try to get Marvin try to get him and it finally gets Pastor Joe they've been at a meeting a prayer meeting in Carton Den and they've just finished so I got them up to the house so uh, Mary was in the kitchen she was making us sandwiches and a cup of tea and I started talking to him I'd like to sign you Marvin I think he was on about 800 quid a week or something and uh, I like to offer you twelve hundred pounds. Oh, no. God! God's want me to move on. Eh? I said, "All right." <laughs> I said, "Right." So I could own. I could own Simon. That I was. I look, I'll speak to Dominic here, the chairman. So I went through. And I could own a phone. Come back, Marvin. I can go to sixteen hundred. No. Him and Pastor Joe went away. In. Pastor Joe was going praying all the time. He was praying. I'm like this. This is some agent. How can, how can we do with God? How can you speak to him on the phone? You know what I mean? I'm saying, hey, God, you got a minute? But I'm taking it serious. And I'll tell you another story about Marvin as well, just after that. Funny. And uh, anyway, I think we'll go up to about 2,200 and God started listening. <laughs> so after that, he agreed. Uh, they're just rough figures. He agreed, right? Martin agreed to sign. And, we're, and Mary come through with the sounds of the tea. We're all holding hands. And Pastor Joe started a prayer meeting. Eh? We had to pray. Oh, I'm saying, thanks, thanks, Lord. Thanks, Lord. That's really kind, Lord, that you've agreed for Marvin to come with the greatest deal in the world. I was like this. And they went, yeah, just a oh, brilliant. Love that. What's the next, what's the next one with Marvin? They're into this singing thing, eh? Like, there was a, uh, they, had a, they had a gospel band come across from America, Mississippi. So you can, and I like the gospel singing, eh? I like, I like listening to them, the good tunes and whatever. So they had this, so this band, a Lockheed Centre. And because Marvin was only Martin, I said, Marvin, it's on two nights. I'll come along one of the nights to give you a bit of support. So it goes along. It was a second night. It was a Thursday, I think. And the, the, the preacher's on. And he's, he's, he's saying, yeah. Now, 
to be a good Christian, it's not a person who, uh, a good Christian is not the person that puts a $10 bill into the keg. He says, that's not good Christians. Not, not $100. No, it's not even a thousand. Or a cheque for a million dollars. That's not what it's about. It's about believing. Blah, blah, blah. And he's got all this. And, and they're all, hallelujah. Yay, yay, yay. God, praise the Lord. And then, at the end of it, he says, now, before I finish, we're going to bring a bucket round. Could you put some money in the bucket? <laughs> all of the 10 quid notes. Martin Dickney for a tenner. Eh? And it's not about money, mind. It's not about the money. Could you put money in the bucket? Oh, Martin was great. Oh, amazing. Great. We felt uh, like how far could he hit the ball? He could hit the ball for miles, couldn't he, Marvin Andrews? Uh, he hit at the boy's head first, then the ball. <laughs> Honestly, half the time. Half of Marvin's head would hit the boy's head in the ball. It was a great header. Mm. Him and Oscar Rubio, solid. Solid. Who was, was your favourite player for that Livingston team, Jim? So, my favourite, David Fernandez. Uh. Kino. Brilliant. Brutal. Brilliant. Did you think Fernandez would do better at Celtic? Sorry? Did you think Fernandez would do better at Celtic? I, I, I thought we'd got more games in, but hey, typically, at Livingston, he was a man. He, he, was a, he got the ball and he made something happen. Celtic, you had Larson, you had all these, Martin Amaras, you had, you had the, you know, all the foreign guys. and They're great players. Yeah. And David wasn't that standard, eh? But he came back to Livingston, he came back to Livingston, won a League Cup final medal. See, on that third, third place finish. Aye. Uh, was, was that was unbelievable? A, was oh, unbelievable. But that's what I was going to ask is, was there any approaches from other teams to come and take you? When I was at Dunfermline. When I was at Dunfermline, Simon. I had a great job, Simon. Why would I want to leave Livingston? I know, Why but I mean, for like doing South or... New York City, when I was right. younger. But I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go, Simon. Right. was my team, eh? Uh-huh. I should have done. I should have done. I should have went down. I should have. I should have gave it a go. And test Maybe I didn't have enough self confidence, and you've got to have that. Well, you've got plenty of now. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> you've achieved. Definitely, when you, it's a lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's having a, a no-achieve, Simon, eh? Yeah, I'm not. Try, I'm not trying to be big headed. No, it's a laugh, isn't it? 
Aye, but no, it's it's a lot different. Have some great ones. I wish I was starting again. I tell you that. Uh-huh. Same here, Jim. Same here. Uh, see, with the Livingston, you also had some exciting young talent coming through as well. Uh, you went up to Robert Snodgrass's house to sign him, didn't you? Unbelievable, Simon. Snoddy. No, people talk about uh, David. He was net on film at one certain time, and a scout called Jim MacArthur, right? No, uh, no, no, the goalie. That was their cousins. Right. right, you come up and he says, I need £20 a week. I says, what, what, what are you want £20 a week for? For Robert Snodgrass's mum. You're joking. What, what, what's this all about? Well, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's not got a job, and uh, it said that that 20 quid would get her messages and whatever, and get, get some. I says, what's the point of this, John? He says, you'll sign for us. He's not going to leave his mum, single woman. He's not what he goes down south. Leeds United were trying to get him somebody else. That'll, that'll get us on the right track. So, £20 a week. Did that and he signed. Robert Snodgrass signed for, for Livingston. Young boy. Great. Lee you Griffiths. Lee Griffiths. Is it true with Snodgrass? Sorry. Uh, Is it true with Snodgrass that you and Davey Hay went up to his mum's house? No. Just me. Me and Jim McCarthy. We went to, and you know, you know, it was a certain, you know, there was, I think it was four, four houses, four flats in the lower level and four above, and two of the flats were blocked, you know, blocked off. Yeah. They were trying to get them out, and she was in the end one. So we went into, to, Robert used to get chased through the scheme, going to get picked up. Boys, he was at the bag of Chris or Mars Bar or something, he was getting chased to get the bus. Uh, and uh, I'm really proud of you, mate, for what yeah. he's achieved. Lee Griffiths, who did he start off? Livingston, James McPate, uh, Dorns. Dorns as well, yeah. All, all these boys, Livingston. How was, Gri- was Griffiths as a kid? I, I didn't have much to deal with him, eh? Right. I didn't have much to deal with him. He was, he was really young, but you saw he had ability, eh? You saw he had something, eh? Dunfermline said they wanted somebody with European experience. And now you've got it, Livingston in Europe. How do you look back on the ties against Badoos and Sturmgratz? <laughs> Can you believe it? Did you take your speedos, Jim? Did you take your speedos over? I, I always had them in, in the case for the post hotels for the pool. But no. Uh, unbelievable, Simon. Eh? Um, okay. I went out at Badoos, Liechtenstein, and I stood, and they're playing the national anthem, and I'm not joking you. Uh, I've got tears coming through my face. I've got tears coming. I, I'm saying, this is a UEFA Cup tie. You're full of yelling, man. What a journey this has been. Again, uh, uh, I don't know. If, uh, did Dick get... No, Dick... Dick no, no. <laughs> I'm sure. Sorry, Dick. But uh, I'm looking along at these players saying, inside me saying, thanks very much, boys. Last year, finishing third, thanks very much. You've, you've made me achieve something. I'd never ever thought, and uh, and it was funny. The second we, we, we drew one one over there. The second game, I don't know if you you, you heard of this. Uh, the injury time, added time. The referee gives a corner, right? The corner comes in. He scores, and they they're, they're going mentally. The referee, when the ball was the, when they took the corner, the referee blew for time up. Did they have the whistle? Eh? 
it's not a goal. It's not a goal. No, like this. All the directors for this come down and they push me, eh? Hey, you cheating, you're cheating, you're cheating. I'm, 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 I'm not cheating, it wasn't me, not to do with me. Hey, come on, on, on. Listen, the, the, who's it? One of the radio guys comes in and says, Jim, what have you got to say? The deuce must be really, really gutted. What have you got to say to them? What can you say? I says, I'll tell you what I'm going to say to them. O-O-T, out. <laughs> right, that was it, you're out. We'll see you next year. Cheerio. Adios, amigo. Brilliant. <laughs> And then, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger Stadium, Livingston. The year before, they beat Rangers 5-2 or something, 5-1. I thought, see, and here's, here's tiny wee Livingston. They, they were wondering where we come from, eh? Amazing. They didn't care where Livingston was, man, these teams. And they didn't do well there. They had 5-2 we got beat. Yeah. But they beat them at home, eh? They just beat them at home, eh? We beat them at home. Wow. 8-6 uh, on aggregate. That was that was the aggregate score eight six. Why did you leave in the end then, two thousand and three? Dominic Keane, a Gavin Master asked me to come back. He phoned me up. Gavin Master and John Johnson wanted me to come back to Dunfermline. That's the place you should be. And uh, 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 Dominic brought in the guy for Brazil. Master Brazil. Aye, the Brazilian uh, boy. And how was he? How was he? Murder. Pa pa. He, he, I sat in the, he's first born me and he says, he says I have got, I've got formations that can beat the old firm. I said to myself, this has got, I'm no missing the games, I'll tell you that. I've got formations that, it's all about players should have taught how he's hopeless. So when did he do the pa, pa, pa? In stream talks, his talks. Right guys, I want, we'll play four, four, pa, two, pa, pa. Get the ball, pa, pa, pa. Um, Honestly, murder, murder. <laughs> but who was it? It was Pally. It was Pally with a. He used to coach. What player? A Brazilian player. A, what's a, the boy? A, a, the striker, Ronaldinho. Oh, Ronaldinho, right? Yeah? Right. That was his. He used to he coach this boy as a, a kid, eh? And the press, the press. <laughs> Right, so we went across to the training ground, the boys' training ground, uh, and he went up. And this photographer gets a photo of him. Now, if, if you're Brazilian, I'm Brazilian, you're in a different country, and I see you something in uh, Brazilian, you're going to answer the question. Eh? Yeah. And the, the press boy took a photo of him and went away. And he, he came on, it was his best pal. Oh, <laughs> the, the boy didn't even care who he was, wasn't he? <laughs> no. did, you, did you not get a referee drunk? The night before the game, I try and get it off. Oh, that was Jim Renton. That, <laughs> that was Jim Renton. That was the day of the game. A cow and beef derby. Now, I'd, I'd, I was... Norrie McCarthy was out. Norrie was uh, my, my main defender. Big John Watson was out, my striker. Golden shot that year. So there's a pitch inspection at Central Park. So I goes through and Jim's here. And I'm like, Jimmy, you can't play in this, you can't play in this. Oh, I'll I'll be throwing it. I said, Jimmy, I'll be walking all day. No, you can't play. And the the boy, the boy, the chairman of Cowden Beef, right? He, they had had frozen, uh, what did I say? All the pies were, they got them out of the freezer, only. 
they, they frost at them and they, oh, come on, we've defrosted our pies, they'll not keep you. <laughs> like this. Talk about a game of football. I said, Jimmy, so we went, his wife's name was Rosemary, so he stayed near the park. He says, come on, Jim. Uh, we'll come back at 12 o'clock. This was about 10 o'clock. Come on, Jim, we'll get a bit of breakfast. Goes to his house. And it was New Year's Day, eh? Right, you, you fancy a half? Ah, I'll bring the knee in. So he had a half. So the boat will come away. <laughs> so we swallowed this bottle of whiskey before we came. Ah, I'm not picking the own, Jim. I'm not picking the game. <laughs> so we're steaming, man. He went by to tell him he was steaming. I'm like, ah, I can't even believe you do it. <laughs> That's a true story. Ah, oh, brilliant. Man. India, man. He was in there. I'm like, Christ, I've got to get stoked with the police. <laughs> Can you imagine that these days? Oh no! Imagine that with a referee. Oh, oh brilliant! But that's, oh, you have to cut. That's a story. Two story, Simon. That's brilliant. I love it. I love it, mate. That's not your only talent, though. Uh, it's not just the poetry. You're also a budding Paul Daniels magician as well. Oh yeah. Aye. I How did this that. come about? How did you start learning magic? My brother. My brother. My brother. He did it. He did a week. He was in the Merchant Navy. He was on the Queen Mary. The original Queen Mary, the one that's oh. in, and he'd come back and, uh, and he'd show me a couple of kid tricks. <coughs> but it's no, uh, you've, you've, you've not just done it in your house, you've done it, you've done it for famous people as well. I, I've heard that in the Bunga Bar, after the Scotland-England game, you've done magic tricks for Martin Comston and Stephen Graham. Is that true? I forgot about that. Hey, the boy, never met them, but my hero, Stephen Graham. My hero. Probably, he? Both of them. Great. And he's walking around the corner. We're going in. I'm going in with, with, with Gogsy, right? And uh, there, was a, there was a guy, a, a street guy with the cars on the corner. I says, look, there's a fiver. He's only in your cares. And I gave him the cares. And Stephen Gray, I says, excuse me, right? pack a care. He's got this and I've done this. It's like that. His face is like, <coughs> he hears this legend actor. And big jump for like I'll see like that this is great, man. And you've also met other famous people as well. Is it Kasabian at Team the Park with Gordon Smart? Oh, did you hear about that? <laughs> yeah. Tell us it. Tell us it. Oh, great man. Well, Gordon gets you the tickets, eh? Mm-hmm. To meet Kasabian. And I'm I'm saying Kasabian, they're watching the football, can't I mean what games on uh, on in their their pre-entertainment tent thing. And that goes out and sucks it. The madness, he's, he's standing next to me. My heroes, all these guys, I'll say, oh, I'm trying, he was on the phone, I wasn't like, yeah, that's, that was great. And then we get, uh, we goes across to the, the main, the main tent, the main stage. And he goes up the side, Edith Bowman was there, I was talking to Edith, I've known her for years since she was a bear. And uh, we were looking at the size of the speaker signing, eh? they're yeah. huge. So I'm standing, I'm standing behind the speaker. And I'm 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 phoning my mate. See, I'm trying to get all my pals. Like, I'm, I'm here. I'm going to say, away, I'm blaring. No chance. I'm telling you, watch, watch it. So I goes out and taps the mic. This thing, this thing, and it goes back in. The security boys. I've got they've got my ear up the back. No, I'm like, I'm, I'm just going to wave to my pals on the main stage. Oh, yeah, I thought I was going to get sniffed. That was great. That was metal. That was Gordon Smart. Being his son-in-law, good guy, isn't he? Aye. Yeah, he's been great. He's, as long as he's good to Malaska, that's all it is. Eh? But he's a, yeah. a great boy and he's two great grandchildren, eh? I've got four. But they, they, 
James Andrew Smart, uh, a Hib supporter, and uh, Laurie Jean Wallace Smart, Hib supporter. They they Dunfermline fans, no? Nah? No, just my uh, my daughter and me and my son. Mike Gordon's a uh, murder. Do you remember the first time you met him? He told it on uh, the podcast with a rip pocket. <laughs> rip pocket. I didn't. I, I just thought he was a strange boy. Yeah? <laughs> he was just strange. He was just. I, I said, this boy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you weren't far wrong to wear. Ah, no, you see, he's had a he's had a good career. He's a clever boy, Simon, like yourselves. Uh-huh, he is. He's good. He's good at what he does, isn't he? Uh, Jim, what about managers that you played against? Who's good to have in the office after a game? Who can you get a laugh with, uh, fellow managers? Yeah. Simon, I didn't really get much laughs from him because I just twenty minutes before I just beat them, eh? Who's <laughs> 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 the laugh? Ah, Alan McLeod was a good character. Alan McLeod, when uh, no when he was at Aberdeen, I'm talking when I went back to Air United, right? He always invite you in for a cup of tea, and uh, you'll not believe this. Uh, Dick Advocat, very few managers. Uh, uh, Simon, uh, would he even leave office for a cup of tea? I was one of the few, and he phoned me one year. I was manager in Livingston. I was the manager at Livingston Football Club before me. He says, Jim, he says, hey, could, you, could you play us a game, Glasgow Rangers, at your park? I says, certainly, aye, that'd be great. That's, that's super. Behind closed doors. I says, well, aye, if that's what you want, I'll, I'll do that for you. Great. We'll decide who gets in press-wise and whatever, because they had a European game coming up. And they wanted a game, and they knew that your park would be a match like eh? Right. So we played them. Uh, I can't remember the score. They beat us about 4 nothing or something, 4-1, something like that. They beat us anyway. And then next year, phoned us again. Jim, will you do that again for us? I says, no, no bother. We enjoyed it as much as you. Uh, we'll open the doors this time for the fans. We'll let the fans in and you keep the gate. Oh, uh, honestly, that, that's, that was great. So... I, I thank him for that. Alec Ferguson. Alec Ferguson. We played our centenary game at Dunfermline. Fergie's at Aberdeen. I phoned him up. Alec, we do so in our centenary game. They just won the, uh, the European Cup, Winners' Cup, or the, the, whatever the one John Hewitt goal. And uh, <coughs> he says, I'll, I'll come to him, Jim. I says, Well, what will it cost us? What do we need to do? He says, eh, Pay for the meal and the bus. Oh, that's great. I'm still waiting on the invoice to this. <laughs> never charged you, eh? Never, never charged us for the meal or for the bus. Still waiting to this day. Brilliant. You ever get a glass of red to Fergie? Oh, often. After the game. Doing it, doing it, uh, doing it, uh, Old Trafford. Uh, I'll be doing two or three. <coughs> so, sorry. We used to go down to the training, down at the cliffs. And uh, went, I went down, I'll tell you, I went down on the, the night before Kenny Dalglish and they uh, came back as a manager at Liverpool and they were playing uh, Fulham. Uh, Mark Hughes was the manager of Fulham and, and I went down uh, to meet Alan Kennedy and get some some strips signed by Ian Rush and John Aldridge. All these boys were getting all the strips signed. Uh, and uh, the next day we goes up, me, the boy John Greve, Fergus Paul, Willie Braceway, who's now the vice chairman of the Dunfermline Football Club, and we goes uh, 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 
and, and we're sitting, I said to him, Ferry, do you fancy coming up to Dunfermline and doing a, a gala evening with, with Fergie? And Dunfermline for a charity. He looked at me. I said, oh Christ, I've overstepped the mark there, eh? 15 minutes later, he says, August, August the 8th, eh, I'll come up. Somebody pick me up at the airport, take me back in the morning, and there, I'll do that. No diary, nothing, eh? No way. August the 8th, come up. Sold it out within two weeks for the Middle Eastern Foundation, and eh, yeah. Great, great stuff. Uh, right, Jim, we'll talk about your ball in Dunfermline. Second spell, nearly done, mate. How did the return come about? Did you say John, John Oyston phone you up? No, no, I was there. I was there already, Simon. I was doing uh, I was doing the job over me when I left the first time. Right. Uh, oh, that the, the, the general manager right. thing, right? Yeah. I was doing that and, uh, uh, well... Uh, we're playing Livingston on the Saturday and we go beat to nothing and sadly Davy Hay lost his job on the Monday and I recommended him for the job in the first place and, and uh, John Yorkson and John, a boy John Meatham, another director, they spoke to Davy and they, they paid him off on the Monday and they, that was sad, that was sad um, and they offered me the job with three games to go, three games to go, Jim Tickler in the season, they were in the boardroom discussing the the budgets for next year in the first division. <coughs> right, he'll hate you go and they'll hate you go, you'll hate you cut the squad to this. I wasn't interested in that rubbish, we had three games to go. So I went on the Tuesday, got the boys together and uh, I, I said to them, guys, life's simple. Life's simple. The very first happen, thing that happens in life for you is you're born. The average boy goes along a straight line. And they die. Simple. It's what you do. It's what you do in that line. You either be above it or you go below it. We're below that line now. Whose fault is it? Yours. You guys. You're the only ones that can get to that line and go above. And go three games a day. So then they talk to me. Say we can't do it. I'm telling you we can. And it wasn't about getting them fitter because we only had, a, only had four days. Yeah. But it was getting their, their head set on it. How, how quickly they could you see that they could do it? I knew they could. I knew they could be good players. They were yeah. good players. The Derek Young, the Darren Young, Derek Stanley, a good goalkeeper. You had Scott Wilson, who played at the high standard. Big Andy Todd, Greg Shields. So they were, they were decent enough players, eh? And uh, Andrew Skerton, 60 cards or something for Lithuania. So they were. So what I did, my first training day, I took them to Aberdeen, eh, Aberdour. Walked for Aberdour to Burntown and walked back, sat and had lunch and bought them a pint. That was that was our first training day. How did they boys take to that? Did they enjoy that? Took the pressure right off of them, Simon. Yeah. Didn't even talk about it. And then on the Wednesday we got down to eh, oh, sorry, on the Thursday we got down to the Nitty Gretty, eh? Mindset. Courage. Courage, right? All this talk about you, so you haven't won a game in 13 games, they're all talking about you. Is it good? No. What's the difference? You get good talk, bad talk, the feeling, the different feelings. And this, I, I go into their minds, eh? Go into their minds. And Jim Duffy and the courier, the Saturday morning, Jim, a great, great pal of mine, great boy, great football boy, Jim Duffy. And uh, still is. Jim says, I don't know what the worries about Jim Leishman's not playing the day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, see it four nothing doing. <laughs> hey, but <laughs> that one, he's five nothing. We beat them. Couldn't believe it. What pleased me, Simon? Right, we were getting about three and a half thousand people at the home games at that time. And when I walked out, when I walked out that day, there was eight and a half thousand in the stadium to, to go and support the team. That meant so much to me. They've come out. They've come out. They, they, I've told them they've got a chance. They've come out to, to give us a chance. So anyway, what did you keep them filming up that year, Joe? No, aye. That, would that be your greatest achievement? Keep I'll, them tell you, I'll tell you one thing, Simon. It's no far away for you. It's no far away for you because, as I said, they hadn't won in 13 games. We're bottom of the league. And we beat Dundee, United, uh, Dundee 5 nothing. So for until the next Friday, we're, uh, we're, we're sitting bottom. <coughs> Dundee, Dundee were playing Inverness. Uh, uh, in, in Dundee, Dundee United were playing Dunfermline and Dundee the same weekend. So they spun up, they spun up to find out who was going to play on the Saturday and who was going to play on the Sunday. Well, we were scheduled to play on the Sunday. Dun, Dundee drew in Inverness one-one, so they went back up. We went back to the bottom of the league, right? And then we played Dundee United on the Sunday, and the game was delayed for about ten minutes. And the crowds, the Dunfermline supporters couldn't get in. And, uh, so once they all got in, kicked off, and the 89th minute, Gary Mason scored. One that. Wow. Honestly, I was on my knees praying, saying, Thank you. Thanks, God. Nah. Yeah, thank you for. That was Pastor Joe. You turned into Pastor Joe for two no, minutes, didn't you? No, no, I, I turned round to the boy that listens. <laughs> and we won one nothing, Simon. And you know, funny, I'm in the dressing room. Right, the crowd went mental. I was going, and I did that. I goes doing doing the aeroplane, eh? and I'm in the dressing room. Greg Robertson comes up. Gaffer, the referee's want to see you. Stuart Dougal, he's want to see you in his dressing room. And I goes to the assistant referee's here. I says, "What's the matter?" He says, "Aye, Stuart's want to see you, Jim." So I goes in and I shook his hand. He says, "Jim, I had this against Livingston two, two uh, three games ago. Two nine, you got beat. What a transformation in the, uh, that team. Well done." I says, "Thanks, Stuart." Jim, I've got to report you to the SFA. I said, you're, you're going to report me for this, what for? Over-exuberant celebration. Oh, for sake. Doing the aeroplane, right? The Dundee United fans got a wee bit angry because I was, I was, Simon, I was celebrating keeping 13 people in a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? My yeah. colleagues, eh, they were going to get paid off, made redundant, whatever. I was, I was delighted for them, me. Eh? I said, you're joking, sure. He says, no. He says, he didn't like that and you could incite it a wee bit trouble by your uh, celebration. Uh, but you've got the right to say something. I say, sorry. Tell them Mark's come on and I'll F off, let's say it. Write that in your report. And then next year, the next year, I got them to the cup final. Eh? And we kept yeah, it up easy next year. Would that, would that be in your proudest memory of your career, Jim, taking them firmly to a final? Uh, it was a difficult one, Simon, because I, no one got injured on the Wednesday. Right. Darren Young had scored in the semi-final against Livingston at Easter Road. But then the next week, or the, the week before the cup final, he broke his tee. So that was two, two really good players that was missing. Uh, Scott Wilson at the back end, so Barry Nicholson injured. So all the boys, I didn't have a really, my team... I played the boy Freddie Darkwan, he was a great great boy. 
But I got him out of that. That yeah. French foosball thing. He's playing a cup final. Yannick <laughs> Zan Bernardi. My striker never scored a goal never scored a goal all season. And he's playing in the cup final. You can't, it's hard to beat a team like Celtic when you've got two of your best players no playing, isn't it? Well never. But you just go to live in hope and you, you, you tell the boys they can do it and you, you go but Simon, I think getting there was the biggest achievement to take yeah. my, to take them firmly to a cup final. When you see, like, say, Jock's team, George Farm, uh, 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 who's the manager? Uh, Ollie Cunningham. Steen Cunningham and Farm taking their teams to, to cup finals. And here's, here's this, this big galoot for Lugiani. Proud man. Proud of it. You can't take these things away. You could criticise, yeah, oh, he's a big, oh, he did all the poem, did all that. But it's achievement, eh? It's achievement. Yeah. Okay. See, see, after that, Jim, you obviously got them to a cup final. Why then did you become general manager? No, my wife took ill. Right. I, I stepped away. I stepped away when she took away. They just to, to look after her. Uh, there was no decision. No, 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 no. No, that was it. Yeah. Yeah. How did you find that being a general manager opposed to being the head coach and the manager? I think because the circumstances, uh, Simon, the club looked after us at that time because I had time to go and look after Mary. So my, my, my mindset wasn't really on the football eh? management. Yeah. It, was, it was more on looking after Harry. Yeah. And is that another reason why you've got such a soft spot for Dunfermline? Jim, for the way they treated you during that period as well? No, I always had, always had this of I treated them right, Simon, eh? Yeah. I treated them filming right. I, I did my bit for them and they, they, they looked after me and uh, great memories. Of that. You know, but no, there was, to be fair at the time, they take as much time as, as you want often. No, I agree. And uh, Stephen Kenny was the manager. Did you much? Obviously, the Republic of Ireland manager now. Did you have many dealings with him? I, I, I gave him the job. I got him the job. Why did Why did you pick him? He had just beat He had beat uh, Gretna five nothing in the cup. You know the you the, 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 the yeah, yeah. third hole, and his record was great. So uh, we were getting names we're, we're, to put names together, and no Hunts agent phoned me. Uh, Jim, I've got a boy that would be interested in coming across. Uh, I, I didn't know the man, but I, I knew his record. I went across to Dublin, spoke to him. He was a manager, manager of the Derry. I went, went across and spoke to him across there. Invited him across, picked him up at the airport to come to the board. They spoke to him and they thought he was the man for the job. Eh? Didn't work out for Stephen, eh? Yeah. Didn't work out for him. Why was that? I, I, I don't know. You'd have to ask the players more than me, eh? But... Uh, uh, they just the players just didn't take to him, eh? Right. He's coaching things. Uh, but hey, hey ho, Christ. Look at him now, eh? He's done all right now, isn't he? Yeah, uh, right. Last few bit, Jim, just on your OBE, 2007, services to sport. Amazing. Proud day. Wait, do you remember receiving the call to tell you you were going to get? Uh, I, I thought it was a wind-up. You get a letter, eh? In case you've no got one, Simon, what happens is you've... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like the MV, you get a letter from uh, Downing Street recommending you to Her Majesty the Queen 
if you accept that you're getting nominated at your right back and then it's the Queen's birthday's honours list, eh? and eh, Gordon, eh, Gordon and Kate were standing alone at the time, so eh, we went down to stay with them, and went out for a meal the night before, goes to the palace, and you go up the steps, they go into the, the main the, the main area, eh? they're all sitting in, <coughs> the, the orchestra's playing and whatever, I'm in. And uh, you get your instructions time on there, and I was about the third last group of six to go through, and you're going through all the corridors, eh? and I'm at the end of the group. And uh, I'm just about going in, and I heard, do, 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 do. And I said to the boy in front of me, the boy said to me, what's that? I said, that's the Queen. I says, she doesn't play the trumpet. I know what she. <laughs> we got that mixed up, but that's what I say to the boy when we heard the music. I says, she doesn't play the trumpet. I know what she. Well, that was great, Simon. So do you meet her? Do you meet the Queen? Oh, no. Where's she staying? What a record you've got, Jim. You're right no, she, uh, <laughs> she, she, um, she talked to uh, Meadowbank because Holyrood, we used to train behind the uh, Holyrood. Right. Uh, uh, on the King whatever Parks. <coughs> and she talked to me, they fell in a very historic place, they fell in the ancient capital of Scotland. Uh, um, uh, must be, you know, that must be your... Um, your famous team, Dunfermline, your famous team, Dunfermline Athletic. So she knew you a wee bit. You only get about 30 seconds, Simon. Eh? Yeah. And she pins it on you and clicks, that's great. And then you, you go and great. 30 seconds is usually all I need, Jim. Um, you've been given a number of accolades since as well. Uh, what one means the most to you? Oh, well, I got a, I was, a great one was through in Glasgow, uh, the Great Scott Award. And uh, there was uh, you're sitting there in the audience, and the photos come up. It was me, Chris Hoy, and uh, the other guy, Martin, Mark, someday that cycles all over Europe. Right. Uh, uh, the cyclist. So that was the three names, eh? And uh, it was Nicola Sturgeon. She uh, she was announcing the winner, and so and the winner is uh, James Lucian. Felt great, eh? Felt great. Get on your bike, Chris. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I was hoy with that. Was hoy all right there? You were uh, he, he wasn't there. He must have came. He wasn't getting that. Eh? Right. Hey, hey, ho. Amazing. I, I didn't vote for myself. It was him, eh? Lastly, Jim, how do you look back on your time in the game? Great. Made mistakes. Once. <laughs> Once. I learned that for Fergie. If a player makes a mistake, if he makes a mistake, it's a mistake. If he keeps making a mistake, get rid of him. That's negative. They can't do it if they keep making the mistake. They didn't make mistakes. Met some great people, some great players, and uh, so privileged, so privileged to, to have been part of this wonderful game of football. Never expected to, to be in it so long. My father, I come in, my father says, Look, James, make sure they can't keep you at the team. If you're in, you're in charge, you stay in that team. And, and, and it's the same principle. If you work hard, they can't pay you off. Brilliant. Jim, it's been a pleasure. Thanks very much. 
Hey, thank you for inviting me on. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. Loved it. Thanks very much, thank Big Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank See you. ya. The Innocence Project gives a conservative estimate that there are over 20,000 innocent people currently locked away in U.S. prisons, convicted of crimes they did not commit. Unjust and Unsolved, a new true crime podcast from investigative journalist Maggie Freeling and the Obsessed Network, tells the stories of these people and these crimes. Maggie began the project by sending letters to people in prison whose stories haunted her, and she heard back from nearly all of them. They all wanted their stories to be heard. Each episode focuses on a single case. The stories are told through original interviews with the convicted person, their loved ones, lawyers, and advocates. Maggie examines the crimes, sharing all the evidence pointing away from the convicted person, and, in some instances, presenting the case for other suspects. Unjust and Unsolved is a compelling mix of investigative journalism and true crime storytelling. Find Unjust and Unsolved in all Obsessed Network podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 